Amen. We're turning together in God's Word for our Scripture reading through the Gospel of Luke and to the chapter 13. The Gospel of Luke and to the chapter 13. And we're moving down that chapter. We're going to take up our reading at the 24th verse. Luke chapter 13 and to the verse 24. Strive to enter in at the straight gate, for many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. When once the master of the house is risen up and hath shut to the door, and ye begin to stand without and to knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us, and he shall answer and say unto you, I know you not whence ye are. Then shall ye begin to say, We have eaten and drunk in thy presence, and thou hast taught in our streets. But he shall say, I tell you, I know you not whence ye are. Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth when ye shall see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and you yourselves thrust out. And they shall come from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south and shall sit down in the kingdom of God. And behold, there are last which shall be first, and there are first which shall be last. The same day there came certain of the Pharisees, saying unto him, Get thee out, and depart hence, for Herod will kill thee. And he said unto them, Go ye and tell that fox, Behold, I cast out devils and do cures today and tomorrow, and the third day I shall be perfected. Nevertheless, I must walk today and tomorrow and the day following, for it cannot be that a prophet perish out of Jerusalem. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which killest the prophets and stonest them that are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together as a hen doth gather her brood under her wings, and ye would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate, and verily I say unto you, ye shall not see me until the time come when ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord." Amen. We'll end there at the end of the 13th chapter, and may the Lord bless this own reading from his precious and infallible word. Amen. <clears throat> Let us look together into God's precious word. We have been reading from Luke chapter 13, and I would like to take as a text for this morning words of verse 34, Luke chapter 13 and the verse 34, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, 
which killest the prophets and stonest them that are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together as a hen doth gather her brood under her wings, and ye would not. And we entitle the message this morning, The Lord's Cry for Jerusalem. The Lord's Cry for Jerusalem. Let's unite in prayer and ask the Lord for help in the ministry of his precious truth. Our gracious and our loving Heavenly Father, we do thank thee for thy precious word. And we confess, O God, that we need thee to open up our eyes and we need thee to give us understanding hearts. And we pray, O God, as we would come to thy word that it might prove to be a word in season to each and every heart. And, O Lord, we pray that the still, small voice of God would be heard, even speaking through thy precious word. Hear us, O God, in heaven, thy dwelling place, and glorify thy name in and through us. For we offer this our prayer in the Savior's great name. Amen. Well, the focus of the world at this time is upon Israel and upon Jerusalem. The eyes of the world would be looking in that direction. That is clear from the words of her text when the Lord cries out, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, that the Lord himself has an interest in that place. That name, Jerusalem, is actually two words put together. The first part of that name means foundation or city. And the second part of that name, Salem or Shalom, it of course means peace. And when you think about the name Jerusalem, you're thinking about the city of peace because it has peace in its name. And yet when you think about the city of Jerusalem and that particular region of Israel, more often than not, the city of peace is surrounded by trouble and by war even as it is at this particular time. In Psalm 122, the psalmist encourages us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, peace for the city of peace. And Jerusalem will, of course, be at the very center when the Lord himself returns. And so spiritually, whenever you would pray for the peace of Jerusalem, that's really a prayer for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, that he himself would come in great power. But in the context of our Bible reading, there is the warning that the Lord is giving 
And he gives the warning there at the very end of the chapter in verse 35. And he said to Jerusalem and to Israel, Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. And verily I say unto you, Ye shall not see me until the time come when ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. And the Lord is speaking to them about a time that was approaching a time whenever they would face destruction. And the warning from the Lord, that time came, that time of desolation in A.D. 70. It came during the time of the Jewish Passover. The Roman forces came and they surrounded the city of Jerusalem. They besieged that city for months on end. No one could get into the city. No one could get out of the city. And as the Lord himself had prophesied, he said of that desolation that they would not leave one stone upon another. Not one stone would be left upon another. There would be total destruction there, and it included the temple of the Lord. There was total and utter devastation. There were large numbers of dead. Your house is left unto you desolate. That time was coming. That time was approaching Jerusalem. And the Lord said that whenever this period, the context of our passage had passed, Verse 35, he said, you will not see me again. The Lord, of course, was going to Calvary. He was going to shed his precious blood outside the city wall of Jerusalem. But you notice in verse 35, the word until. I say unto you, ye shall not see me until And the Lord is then pointing them forward in time until the time come when ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. And so the Savior was pointing them to that time that was yet future when he would come again in power and in great glory. And in the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ in that day, they will recognize the Messiah. In that day they will receive him. In that day he will rule and reign in righteousness and Jerusalem shall be in truth the city of peace. However, it is with the thought of that desolation that the Lord was warning the inhabitants of Jerusalem and Israel about that the Lord cries out to them The Lord cries out in the words of our text, knowing what awaits them. The Lord cries out, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which killest the prophets and stonest them that are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together as a hen doth gather her brood under her wings, and ye would not. And you can see here how the Lord comes out with this great cry for Jerusalem. Over in Luke chapter 19 and in the verse 41, it says, And when he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it. 
And there's the Lord and he's crying out for Jerusalem. And there's the Lord in Luke 19. And as he looks over that city, he weeps over the city. The Lord has an interest in what is taking place in Jerusalem. He says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Jerusalem in her text can be widened out to take in the whole of Israel. But Jerusalem here can also be widened further to take in the unconverted soul. And we would say this morning that the Lord's cry for Jerusalem is the Lord's cry for the unconverted soul. In the words of our text in verse 34, we can certainly see that there is gospel application. And I want you to notice firstly here the compassion of the Lord. You cannot fail to see the compassion of the Lord and to feel the compassion that is contained in these words when the Lord cries out, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, those words are full of love. It expresses the great love that is within the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ. You think of that exclamation, Oh, the Lord is crying out with this oh, and it's expressing the compassion that he has within his heart. The thought of Jerusalem and them facing that pending judgment, it was about to come upon them. Here's a cry from the heart of a loving Savior, and he's crying out, Oh, See the lamentation, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the double call from the Lord. And that lamentation from the lips of the Savior is revealing to us again not only the Lord's interest in Jerusalem, but the Lord's love for the people there. Matthew Henry tells us that the repetition of the words is emphatical. The Lord is laying emphasis here and he's crying out with this plea and he's saying, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. A double call from the Lord. That double call reveals the grace and the mercy of the Lord. He often, many times, used that double call. Luke chapter 10, it was within the house in Bethany, you remember Mary and Martha. And it tells us there that Mary sat at the Savior's feet and she heard his word, but Martha was cumbered with much serving. And the Lord had to give that gentle rebuke to Martha. And how did the Lord do it? He said, Martha, Martha. That there was a double call there. Martha, Martha, thou art laboring and you're cumbered about many things, but one thing is needful and Mary has chosen that good part. Martha, Martha. And what about that call in Luke chapter 22? It was to the apostle Peter, the time when the Lord was warning him that Satan had desired to have him, that he would sift them as wheat. And the Lord came with a double call, and he said, Simon, Simon, 
Behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for thee. A double call from the Lord is revealing to us something of the heart of the Lord. It's the love and the compassion, the grace and the mercy. Oh, you see it when it was Acts chapter 9 for Saul of Tarsus and he was wreaking havoc with the church and he was persecuting and scattering God's people and there on the Damascus road the Lord intervened and the Lord said, Saul, Saul, the double call, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And that double call is revealing to us the love and the compassion of the Lord. And in the context of uh, this passage before us this morning, it concerns Jerusalem. And the Lord is saying, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. There's a double call there to Jerusalem that's emphasizing the Lord's love for them. And it's quite amazing because The guilt of Jerusalem is noted there. Verse 34, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which killest the prophets and stonest them that are sent unto thee. Did they deserve this compassion from the Lord? Did they deserve his grace and his mercy? No, they, they were guilty, and the Lord notes their guilt here. They killed the prophets, and they stoned them which were sent unto them. The Lord in his mercy was sending to them prophets with a message from God. He was sending to them preachers to bring the message of the gospel. What a privileged people they were whether you look through the Old Testament or the New Testament, the inhabitants here of Jerusalem were a privileged people that the Lord was wanting to speak to them. The Lord had a message for them. But those who came with the message, they were killed. Examples of it from the Old Testament and Second Chronicles, the chapter 36 Just let me read a couple of verses, verses 15 and 16. And the Lord God of their fathers sent to them by his messengers, rising up betimes and sending, because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. But they mocked the messengers of God and despised his words and misused his prophets until The wrath of the Lord arose against this people till there was no remedy. The Lord in his love and compassion, he sent them prophets and he sent them messengers. And they mocked them. They despised them. And they put them to death. In Jeremiah chapter 2, the verses 29 and 30 Wherefore will ye plead with me? Ye have all transgressed against me, saith the Lord. In vain have I smitten your children. They receive no correction. Your own sword hath devoured your prophets like a destroying lion. The Lord sent them messengers. He sent them prophets. They had a word from the Lord. And he says, Your sword hath devoured your prophets like a destroying lion. They didn't want to hear. He 
He didn't want to hear. And still in our text of Scripture, the Lord is crying out, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. And what love we see there. The compassion is revealed through the exclamation, through the lamentation, and through the repetition. Because our text says, How often would I have gathered thy children together? Speaking about the children of Jerusalem, the inhabitants of the city are referred to as the children of that uh, particular city. And the Lord is saying to them, how often? It wasn't just once. Didn't just show them his compassion once. He did it time and time again. The Lord came to them mercifully and graciously. And with long suffering, again and again, the Lord would speak, even though they were guilty. Many times, the Lord had called them. Many opportunities, wasted opportunities, to get right with God. Maybe what the Lord is saying here of Jerusalem could be said of you today. That the Lord has shown you his love and his compassion. On many, many occasions the Lord has drawn near and challenged your heart. And you know your need to get right with the Lord. But you have wasted those opportunities. And the Lord would say to you today, how often would I have gathered you? How often? The compassion of the Lord. And then I want you to notice, secondly, the illustration from the Lord. Because the Lord says in verse 34, How often would I have gathered thy children together as a hen doth gather her brood under her wings? And there's the illustration from the Lord. And that's the illustration of the mother hen. And the mother hen is gathering her brood under her wings. And what a... A fascinating thing that is to see. And there's the mother hen and she begins to open up her wings and there's her brood, her chicks, and they're, they're gathered there and they're safely sheltering there. They're under her wings. And the Lord is saying to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, that's how I want to gather you. As the hen gathereth her brood under her wings, I want to gather you. refers especially to times of danger. Maybe you've witnessed it there with the mother hen. And her little chicks would be all exploring in different places, but the mother hen senses danger. The mother hen senses there's danger approaching, and she lets out a certain sound, and it's a sound that all of her brood recognize, and immediately on hearing that alarm, they run and they gather under her wings. That's the picture that's here. And the Lord is sounding the alarm for Jerusalem. He's saying, how often would I have gathered you? as a hen doth gather her brood under her wings. You know, one of the dangers that would approach the hen is the fox. Now, if you've ever kept hens, you know that the fox is one visitor you don't want to have. 
If the fox gets into the hen run, there's going to be absolute devastation there. And you notice in our Bible reading in verse 31, it says, The same day there came certain of the Pharisees, saying unto him, Get thee out and depart hence, for Herod will kill thee. And he said unto them, Go ye and tell that fox. The fox is in the passage. And the Lord is referring to Herod as the fox. And the fox was coming. And the Lord is saying to Israel, My, there, there's desolation coming. There's destruction coming. The enemy is coming. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. You need to flee for shelter. You need to flee for safety. You need to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord here is calling out. He's saying, I, I will gather you. And you'll be safe under my wings. And what an illustration there is there. What a tender illustration that is when the Lord is saying to his people that I will gather thy children together as a hen doth gather her brood under her wings. It's interesting that the psalmist in the Psalm 17 would pray and would pray that very prayer in Psalm 17, and it's there, the eighth verse. And the psalmist David said, Keep me as the apple of the eye, hide me under the shadow of thy wings. That's an illustration that runs through the Bible, and it pictures God's people as hiding under the shadow of the Lord's wings. And in the Psalm 36 and in the verse 7, you have another illustration that's given there. How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. Under the shadow of thy wings. There are so many examples of it, but just to take one more for the sake of time, Psalm 57 and the verse 1, Be merciful unto me, O God, be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee, yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge until these calamities be overpassed. In the shadow of thy wings... And that's where we need to be in these calamitous times. The Lord is ready and the Lord is willing. And the danger is pending. The danger and judgment is approaching. But oh, for the place of safety and for the place of refuge, it is coming to trust under the shadow of the Almighty and coming to rest under the shadow of his wings and to shelter there. Dear soul that's not saved today, do you see the danger that awaits you, the wrath of God that is to come? The call in the gospel, the call in the gospel is sounding the alarm, and you need to flee to the Lord Jesus Christ. And to abide under his shadow. And to find that refuge there. 
And so from our text of Scripture, we can see the compassion of the Lord. We can see the illustration of the Lord. Then, sadly, in the third place, we see the rejection of the Lord. The final three words of our text of Scripture, the Lord says, Ye would not. That makes such sad reading. Those last three words of the text, when the Lord is saying of the inhabitants of Israel and of Jerusalem, Ye would not. How often would I have gathered thy children as a hen doth gather her brood under his wings, and ye would not. And you can mark the contrast in the text of Scripture. The Lord says, I would, and ye would not. The Lord's ready, and the Lord's able, and the Lord is willing to save the Lord is willing to shelter you under his wings. But for those in our text of Scripture, they remained unmoved. They rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. It does seem incredible that the Savior was ready to receive them and they would not come to him. And we have to say that such a rejection of the Lord Jesus Christ, it spells ruin. There's a genuine offer of mercy to guilty souls, but they would not come. That still happens today. Multitudes who go on in their sin. Multitudes who blindly pursue the course of this world. Multitudes who go in that direction that ends in the eternal destiny of hell itself. And through our Bible reading, we can see the references to that place. In verse 28, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. May it's a place of torment. It's a place of eternal torment and agony for the soul. And your immortal soul lives on for all eternity. And if you go out into eternity rejecting the Lord Jesus Christ, you will face the wrath of God and hell forever. No wonder the Lord cried for Jerusalem, for he knew what was awaiting them. Desolation was coming. No wonder the Lord has compassion for the sinner, for he knows what awaits them if they reject him. Though in these days, in these fast-closing days, we urge you to come to the Lord Jesus Christ and to be saved, to find that refuge in him alone, and to know the forgiveness of your sins and the salvation of your soul, but oh, to reject him, or even today to put it off to another time. We say there's danger and there's death in delay. May God bless his word to each of our hearts. Let's unite.